Hey everybody, welcome to Genesis. It is Boxing Day, so that means we can just take a breath after Christmas. Yeah. All right, we're gonna start with a couple carols. I, I tried to pick some that were like post-birth. So like, you know, shepherds going to the, um, the manger, stuff like that. So it's kind of it's that version of Christmas Carol. So we'll see how it goes. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains, and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strain. Gloria in excelsis Deo, Gloria in excelsis Deo. Shepherds, why this why your joyous strains prolong what the gladsome gladsome tidings be which inspires your heavenly song gloria in excelsis deo Come to Bethlehem and see Christ the birthly angel sing. Come adore on bended knee Christ the Lord our newborn King. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Glory in the highest, 
Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Hail, Lord, we greet Born this happy morning, O Jesus, forevermore, thy name adored. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Good morning, church family. I'm Deb McCormick, and I'm going to um, do the Jesus sightings time this morning. And since this is the last Sunday of the year, um, if we can think back on how we've seen the Lord and work in our lives this past year, not only this past week, but in the past year, um, and share that, that would be great. So for me, um, this past, um, well, yesterday, Christmas time and Christmas Eve, um, I just saw um, harmony in family, the strained um, relationships before, and, and they're healed. They're, it's beautiful. I give God all the glory for that. Um, and also reflecting back on just on the Lord's plan of salvation. And this morning, the verse came to me, that last verse in um, the 23rd Psalm, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if anyone has anything they'd like to share, um, come on up on Facebook or on uh, Zoom. You can just put your name in the chat and we'll highlight you. I'll share one. Carmel and I yesterday were celebrating, you know, Christmas, the four of us, and um, we're just, you know, you just, it's, it's Christmas, and, uh, and we just remembered, and this was Jericho, our seven-month-old's first Christmas, and, and, and really, in essence, he was that gift, right, that we were kind of celebrating that day, and his smiles, and Jericho, and just feeling that sense of our gratitude for what God has given us. And so as I think back over the last year, right, in his birth, um, his, his coming to our family, it's pretty huge. And I give God thanks uh, for that and stand in awe of God's goodness um, within it. So that'd be one of the big things for this year as I say, oh yeah, God, I see, I see your goodness. And I see your goodness just in his being 
and his being in our family. So thank you, God. Yeah, that reminded me last year, our first grandson was born this year. What a joy, he's three months old now and just full of smiles. So yeah, I mean, what a gift, what a gift. So, Hi guys, um, my name's Taylor. I don't know, some, I might not have met some of you guys. I've been coming here for about six months or so. Um, yeah, and the Lord this year just did some like really sweet stuff in my life. Um, I was working in full-time ministry at the start of 2021 and then um, felt like the Lord was calling me um, away from that um, and to prep to go back to school. And um, yeah, leaving ministry was really hard for me in a lot of ways. Um, but primarily because I was working for a campus ministry, which is how I came to know Jesus in the first place. Uh, my entire faith walk had been enmeshed within this organization. And so I left being on staff and I had to kind of navigate, like, what did my faith look like for myself? Um, and there was like a little period in between when I left where I just kind of was like, I didn't love the church that I was going to at the time and I wasn't motivated to be in the word or to pray or anything like that. And I just was kind of stuck. Um, and it was kind of scary <laughs> because I yeah, just didn't know like what did my faith look like apart from um, full-time ministry and my career that I had been doing for the last um, five years. And so, yeah, the Lord has just been really sweet this year. Um, the Marshalls invited me to start coming here, Maddie and Andy. Um, and I have, yeah, just other people in my life who have consistently like poured into me and reminded me, um, yeah, just like of the goodness of the Lord and who he is and the value that our faith brings to our lives and how it's like, such an important and sweet thing. Um, I don't come from like a strong like religious or Christian background and so the holidays are always weird right because like I go see my parents and like we don't do church we don't do any of that stuff and it's like very weird um, but even like yeah I was talking to um, one of my friends yesterday and um, she was like yeah what are you doing tomorrow I was like I need to go to church like <laughs> it's been like you know just with the holidays and everything I was like I just need to get back and it just was a really sweet reminder for me of like the Lord's faithfulness and his goodness and the ways that like he continues to pursue us even when we are not entirely pursuing him too. Good morning. This time last year, me and Ryan were living with my in-laws. Uh, we had a single brother, brother-in-law for me, and uh, this whole year has been filled with change. We've seen our brother go from sitting at home, maybe employed, maybe not, to now he is happy with his wife in California, and they have a job and a home, so we've seen that journey. And my in-laws have settled into a wonderful home where they can be happy and healthy and not aching because of the cold. And we have seen the incredible generosity of God this entire year through this house uh, process. And we spent our first Christmas in our home. 
and every need has been met and God has never failed us. We have been blessed in ways beyond what we could imagine and uh, it's been a long two years. Um, in that we just asked for prayer this morning. We found what may just be a drywall settling situation, but we may have found another water damage problem where the mold all started in the first place. So we are believing in God's goodness and we are trusting in what he can do because he has not let one need go unmet. We've always had food, we've always had a roof over our head. And wherever this journey leads us, we know God is with us. Thank you for that, Bethany. Oh, Carol. You know, um, I'm not a crier. Now I'm going to cry. Um, <clears throat> sometimes God sees our needs even when we don't see them. <clears throat> We had two children, and they, I, I told them they had to be independent adults and be out of the house by 25, and they showed us they were out of the States, and we loved them dearly, and they were both in California. <clears throat> and our oldest one died 14 years ago with leukemia. <clears throat> but our youngest one, who hasn't been home at Christmas for 32 years, decided that now was the time to leave California and come back to Michigan. And her and her husband lives here in Royal Oak. And as much as we are independent adults, we hadn't realized the needs of having our daughter around us. But God seen that need, and because of it, we have our daughter around and able to experience being able to run over there whenever we wanted to or, or they can drop into us and it's a lot different from just a phone call and i'm glad that god sees our needs when we don't even see them all right anyone else I think we're good. Thank you, everybody, for sharing. All right. How, how about we stand up for the last couple songs here? Um, I, I chose a couple songs that really just talk about uh, there are so many distractions uh, this year. I don't know if anybody noticed that. There's always something to focus on, whether politics or COVID or homeschooling. There's always things. So uh, the last couple, you know, really talks about the fact that, you know, the cross, you know, is something that, you know, we have Jesus born, and uh, that's always connected. And um, then going into the next year, just focusing on, on Christ. In Christ alone. My hope is found He is my light, my strength, my song This cornerstone 
this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled and striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here is the light of Christ I stand. Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of Christ, of helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones who came, he came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day, apart from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no schemes of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here is the power of Christ I'll stand. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. 
not be all else to me save that thou art thou my best thought by day or by night waking or sleeping thy presence my life be thou my wisdom thou my true word i ever with thee and thou with me lord thou my great father and i thy true son thou in my dwelling and i with thee one riches i need not or thou nor man's empty praise thou wine inheritance now and always thou and thou only first in my heart thy king of heaven my treasure thou art high king of heaven my victory won may i reach heaven's joy bright heaven sun heart of mine own heart whatever befell still be my vision O ruler of all be thou my vision O lord of my heart not be all else to me save that thou art thou my best thought by day or by night waking or sleeping thy presence my life Hello everyone, uh, I'm John and I'll be giving the announcements today. Uh, first of all, we just want to encourage all of you to fill out our virtual green card. Um, if you received, uh, if you signed up for text messages from us, you probably received a text this morning. Um, or you can check the Genesis website out. Um, it's a chance for you to give us your prayer requests for us to connect with you. Um, and it's a great way to stay in touch, so please um, take some time to fill it out if you can. We're asking everyone to keep their masks on during the service today. Um, the new variant, the new strain of uh, COVID has been very contagious. And so in order uh, to follow health and safety protocols and for the safety of everyone around us, uh, we please ask you to keep your masks on for the entire service. 
We've entered uh, the time of year and giving, um, the last month of 2021. Um, if you consider yourself a part of our Genesis family, please consider making a year-end gift to our community. Um, our church is fully funded by the amazing donations of those who belong and consider themselves family. Donations need to be dated and or posted mark and or postmarked by December 31st. As we uh, continue into this uh, deep and dark Michigan winter, um, I'd like to talk about something that's very close to my heart, um, the, Genesis, the Genesis Warming Center. Um, it's something that I volunteered for ever since I've been coming to Genesis, and it's a great ministry. Um, Genesis and several churches will be hosting the Warming Center again this year um, for 14 nights from January 23rd through February 5th. Um, the Warming Center will be here um, and we'll be volunteering along with uh, volunteers from Kensington and Cana. For those who don't know, the Warming Center is an opportunity for us um, during the coldest months of winter to take in and shelter um, some of the homeless population in our community. Um, not only are we allowed to give them a warm place to stay, uh, somewhere to shower, somewhere to wash their clothes, have a hot meal, have some snacks, but also to fellowship and to learn more about God and our ministry. Because of COVID, we have a 50 guest capacity this year, um, and we'll continue following health and safety protocols that we've developed with the Oakland County Health Department. Um, we're gonna be testing all of the guests to ensure that no one who's staying here has COVID. Uh, we wanna ensure the health and safety of everyone involved. There are many opportunities to volunteer this year. Um, if you look at the boards outside, we have QR codes. You can scan those QR codes to look at all of the opportunities. Um, our biggest need this year is overnight hosts. We have tons of slots open, um, so please take a look at those and see if you're available for them. Um, we also have sl spots for greeters, um, helping with showers, helping with laundry, um, and helping to set up for uh, hosting the warming center and tear down after it's over. Just like last year, we're accepting cash donations via Venmo uh, to help purchase supplies for the, the uh, warming center. Um, things like snacks, coffee, granola bars, that kind of thing. Um, there's a, on the boards outside, there's a QR code where you can find more information about how to donate. Um, and there's also information on the chat online on Facebook. Um, so please make sure to check that out when you have some time. We'll also be collecting uh, donations uh, for new underwear and socks in all sizes for men and women. Overnight hosts and greeters need to attend a few hours of training this year. Um, it won't be too long. It'll take place on uh, Sunday, January 16th um, from 1230 to 2 p.m. Um, you can either attend in person here at Genesis or via Zoom. Anyone who's interested in this opportunity, in giving some of their time and energy for this amazing ministry and cause, you can find more details on the Sign Up Genius page. Um, all you need to do is scan the QR code outside, check out our Facebook page, the URL is on the Genesis website, and obviously after service is over, please feel free to come up to me uh, and talk to me about any questions that you have. Um, I'm happy to send you the URL link, email you information, answer your questions, um, and help you get involved in this ministry. 
Um, we thank you for volunteering. Um, your time and passion um, for this mission is a true blessing for our community um, and this ministry. And with that, I'd uh, like to ask you all to stand, greet one another, say hello, take some time to connect. Merry Christmas.
Well, good morning. Hey, welcome again. Merry Christmas. Great for you all to talk and to be here. We knew that it would be a remnant this morning. And welcome to those of you who are on Zoom and Facebook. I first need to apologize to those of you who are on Zoom on Christmas Eve. Um, I was told that during the beautiful performance of Oh Holy Night, my microphone was still on, and that's all they could hear singing was me coming through so proud, loud, a little bit off key, um, but fervent, earnest, very earnest. Great to be with you this morning. Um, this is the last Sunday of the year, and following the Christmas story, right, that we've been in, I was drawn to kind of post-Christmas, actually drawn to um, a text that's in, that's in Matthew. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 2, um, verses 9 to 18. And this is the fourth Sunday, and we have this kind of pattern, right? So first Sunday as a community, we get together, we worship, teach, take communion together. Second Sunday, we worship, we're together, and then we have a smaller teaching, and then we discuss, because we help each other grow, right? Collectively, from, from all of us processing, we grow by the gifts of one another, and then the third Sunday is, again, worship and teaching. And then the fourth Sunday is a little bit of teaching, but we try to put our worship in action. And so we're going to invite you to do that here in just a little bit. But I wanted to help us reflect before we do that. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 2. This is after the birth of Jesus. Uh, and even though this is an ominous text, even though this is a heavy story, um, I think there's something for us that will potentially even prepare, will, will be a gift for us and, and hopefully for others. So let me pray, and we'll, we'll jump into the story. So, Father, come and be among us. As, we've can't, as we have come to be together out of ritual, pattern, need, job, opportunity, needing a break. Lord, the gift is that uh, we have community with one another in you. And so favor us whether we're sitting on our couch at home or here with your revelation, with you speaking to us. Favor us being able to hear from you. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this story um, in Matthew chapter 2 is... It's sort of about the wise men, right? We know the story of the wise men. They see this star, they're called the Magi. They see this star, and from that, they're able to decipher through oral tradition and written things that a king, the Messiah, is born. And they, want, they go to, because they're so curious, which is a beautiful thing. We're going to te teach on curiosity coming up. I love the Magi because of their curiosity, they're longing to know and to understand and to see. They go. And they follow the star, and it leads them to Jerusalem, where they go and talk to Herod. And they say, oh, we've seen the king. We've seen the star that's telling us of the king of the Jews born. Would you be able to look into what your wise people, what your sages, what your teachers, what your scholars say? Where is this king to be born? And Herod goes to the scribes and those, and ask, hey, where, where is the Messiah, hypothetically, if he was to be born? Where would he be born? And they say, oh, it's Bethlehem. 
because there was a prophetic text that said, oh, out of Bethlehem will come a ruler, a scepter. And so here it goes back to these wise men, to these, these magi, to these curious people, and says, oh, in Bethlehem. But would you do me a favor? When you go to Bethlehem and you find this so-called king of the Jews, this, this Messiah that is born, come back so I can come and worship him too. Come back so I can come and bring a gift. I've got a good, I've got a good birth present I'd like to give. Right? I'd love to do this, so if you can come back and tell me, I would appreciate that. So they go on their way, and all of a sudden the star goes again, and it leads them. It leads them again to Jesus. And this is where the story picks up. That's where I want it. So Matthew 2, if you've got a phone or a Bible, feel free to look at this. I'm reading in the NIV, but look at any version you want. This is in Matthew chapter 2, just verses 9 to 18. And so after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? We know the story. We saw it on Christmas Eve. And having been warned in a dream... Not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. So that's the story. Merry Christmas! Right? This, this beautiful and painful story. A story that leaves me with, much, with as many questions as there are answers, right? The Bible is not written as a way to answer every question we have. This story was not written as a history of every story that was told in this. This is telling one story. The life of Jesus. The birth of Jesus. The intervention of Jesus. The plan of this Messiah that's going to come. There are countless other stories that are being interwoven through here that are not fully collected, but I promise you, they have all been captured. They are all known, and, they, right, and, and, and their history has been accounted for. The stories of every family who experienced trauma in that day. I don't know how many, but in the course of time, it was traumatic, Right? So reflecting on this particular story, in this here, I, I was struck with a couple of things. Like, 
these high points and these low points, and the high points are extremely high, and the lows are extremely low. So low. Right? This, this weeping and mourning. The high point, Jesus, the Messiah, is born. The one that's been prophesied about, the one who's going to come and set things right. The one who's going to bring peace and joy and harmony, all the good stuff, right? The one, the one we see the brokenness in the world, the one who is going to come and make it right. A, way, a one they've been waiting for, right, for a long time comes and his coming is revealed people see it that's a high point right and then immediately here's his low point a tyrant an evil man consumed with envy and lust and pride and power much like we have in our day people who fit the same description goes to extreme violence in order to bolster themselves up and goes after the most vulnerable with no warning, with no social media post, with no news. It would have happened in an instant, and for most people, there'd been nothing they could do to stop it. Right? Terrible. What a low. The text just talks about um, Rachel, who was um, a, 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 a not so patriarch, a matriarch, matri, right? Am I saying right? Is it matriarch? Could that be it? Okay, yeah. So Rachel, right? One of the ones, one of the blessings that is spoken over all Jewish women. May God make you like Rachel and Leah, because they were fruitful. That's the blessing. May God make, make like like that. And it says that Rachel is the one who's weeping because her children are no more. Right? This terrible loss, this terrible mourning, a low. A low, a low, and a low. So I was thinking about this morning, even as we pause um, at this time, and we have a God who speaks into all these things, our highs and our lows, who brings this revelation into our highs and into our lows. And I want us to reflect on that today. Now, so into this story, the prophetic, so this happens, and that prophecy was found in Jeremiah chapter 31, when it said, oh, this was foretold, this is going to happen, this idea that their, their children were no more, right? That was in Jeremiah. I, I want us to look at Jeremiah just for a little bit, because um, the writers of the New Testament just mentioned one verse, but it goes on. Anytime the Bible like foreshadows a story um, and they only mention a small portion of it, that doesn't mean that's all that is said there. What they're counting on is that for those people who understand these stories to go back and look at the story because there's a richness. We see the same thing when Jesus quotes Psalm 22 and he's on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's not all he was saying. He was speaking Psalm 22. And if you want to read about what Jesus was trying to say, read all of Psalm 22. And in the same way, if you want to understand this full prophecy, go to Jeremiah 31. Because God has something to say into this. So I think that sometimes when we don't allow God to speak into our highs and our lows, we're in trouble. Because we have a God who loves us so much, who wants to speak into our highs and our lows for our good. God is the one 
who can say something now. Again, that doesn't mean that what we hear is going to take away all the pain. But we have a God who speaks into our lows. And so into this low moment, God speaks. He does so to the prophets. Now, uh, uh, Jeremiah 31, context is Israel has been unfaithful. They have been led off into exile. Um, Their sons and their daughters had been taken. They are no more. That's, That's the first context of Jeremiah 31. The second is Jesus, the Messiah, right? So the first was exile. They're all taken away. So this is Jeremiah 31. It's verses 15 to 22. You have a Bible and you want to look at it. If not, write, that, write it down so you can look at it again if you're intrigued. And it says this. This is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. That's what Matthew quoted. Then it goes on. And this is what the Lord says. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your work will be rewarded, declares the Lord. They will return from the land of the enemy. There is hope for your descendants, declares the Lord. Your children will return to their own land. I have surely heard Ephraim's moaning. Ephraim was one of the children, the 12, okay, so there was 12 patriarchs, right, born of Jacob. Um, Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and, and they were then included into the 12. I'm sorry, that might have been a lot of detail, but Ephraim is one of, known as one of the tribes, right, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. And Ephraim is long known to be one of the lost tribes, And you can follow, you can look at all this history. It's actually so fascinating, really cool, right? So they had all these tribes. There was 12 of them. Uh, They were united under Saul, who became king of Israel and united all the tribes. Saul disobeyed God, then David became king. Eventually, all the tribes united around David, and then Solomon, and then Rehoboam was the next son of David, and he, well, the grandson of David, and he was awful, and then they were no longer united. And then one of the children of Ephraim became the king of the northern tribes. And when the grandson of David was so terrible, they said, "Uh, we're, we're cutting off from you. But then when God restored what was there, I think it was Jeroboam, so whatever, Ephraim's descendant, right, as he was king, He got scared that if his people went back to Jerusalem to worship God, that they would make them king and they'd kill him. And so he built a new temple and said, this is where you worship. And then he distorted all the things and he led all the people away from God. So Ephraim is considered one of the lost tribes of Israel. He's considered a wayward son of Israel. He's considered one who's lost, right? So here's Ephraim. It's a little context for understanding who he is. And so these are words from Ephraim in this prophetic text. So verse 18, I have surely heard Ephraim's moaning. This is a lost child. You disciplined me like an unruly calf, and I have been disciplined. Restore me, and I will return, because you are the Lord my God. 
After I strayed, I repented. After I came to understand, I beat my breast. I was ashamed and humiliated because I bore the disgrace of my youth. And then here's God speaking again to the prophet. Is not Ephraim my dear son, the child in whom I delight? Though I often speak against him, I still remember him. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I have great compassion for him, declares the Lord. Set up road signs. Put up guideposts. Take note of the highway, the road that you take. Return, virgin Israel. Return to your towns. How long will you wander, unfaithful daughter Israel? The Lord will create a new thing on earth. The woman will return to the man. In this, we have God speaking, right? The prophets speaking to those who are mourning and, meet and, and, and weeping. And they're mourning and weeping because they've lost. They've lost something. They've experienced gains and losses. And usually if there's mourning and weeping, it's because you've lost. And they lost dearly. And here's God who's speaking into the losses, and he's speaking to those who have lost sons and lost daughters and lost homes and lost their jobs and lost their futures and, and, and broken off the intimacy with God, right? They're lost and they've, they've lo- they have lots of loss. And in that loss, God speaking, I'll restore. You'll return, right? He's speaking what only God can speak into our losses. This one speaks of the lost tribe of Ephraim, lost sons, lost daughters, lost wives, right? Oh, unfaithful Israel, your bride, you've gone after everything. It speaks of lost protection and lost peace. So think about that, right? In the same way that we're reading in Matthew, these stories of great gains, great blessings, and great losses. There's something about both of those with this opportunity for God to speak to us, to speak into our losses, and to speak into our gains. There's something that he wants to share to comfort us. It's uh, in the same passage of Jeremiah right at the end it's not of no coincidence that there's this powerful prophetic text about what is to come and this is in verse 31 this promise in the midst of all that loss this is what it says the days are to coming declares the lord when i will make a new covenant with the people of israel with the people of judah it will not be like the covenant i made with their ancestors when i took them by the hand to lead them out of egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. Right? Here's a lot of loss here. It's loss of relationship. And then verse 33 says, this is the kind of covenant. This is the new thing that God's saying he's going to do. It's going to come. This is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds. Now, law means revelation. I will put my revelation, my knowing, I will put it in their minds. They will know, right? I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, 
because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, and I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. So here's this promise of this new relationship when these things are speaking into the gains and the losses, into the losses that I've had. Here's what God says. I'm going to create a new covenant, a new relationship with humanity, right? And I'm going to put my revelation in them. And there won't be somebody saying, oh, let me teach you of God. They'll be like, no, God will teach us. You'll know God. We know this to be true because of the Spirit of God that teaches us and that guides us and that leads us. This is that new relationship where God would then speak into us. Forgiving our sins and remembering our sins anymore, from the least to the greatest of them, will know me. So what I wanted to kind of set up for us this morning was this belief of, of thinking about our gains and our losses and allowing God to speak into it for the God who knows us. Hopefully you'll track with me where I'm trying to go this morning. So if you've got a notepad, if you've got a little sheet of paper, here's what I want you to think about. What were the big gains? What were the, what were the high points? What were the blessings of 2021? If you had to use that language of like the gains, what would you put? Just to help us, if you got one, right, something that sticks out to you, how about shout one out? Exactly, we've talked in the testimony time, right? Deb's got a grandson. New job. Tony's got a new job. It's amazing. My daughter. Yeah, exactly. The testimony time was filled with stories of, of gain, right? Carmel and I are Jericho. Taylor even mentioning, hey, there's some new friendships. She's been here six months, right? And so that friendship and new new endeavors. Anybody else? What have the gains been? Your grandson lives with you. That's amazing. For some, that would be a loss. <laughs> See, that, um, there's not only gains. That's not the kingdom of God. That's not the life of following Jesus. We might be duped into thinking it. But when we read about the, the, the brutalness in Matthew 2, if we think there's only gains, we read that, it rocks our faith to the core, right? So there's gains. There's gains of new learning, new understanding, new ideas, new friendships, greater intimacy, the healing of relationships, Deb, that you brought up, right? These are, these are those things that, as we can reflect upon, we can kind of hold those up and say, wow, God, what do you want to tell me about these things? So I encourage you, make a list. What were the highs? What were the blessings of 2021? What were the gains? What are the things that you saw God's hand in that you're grateful for? Make that list. But also, make the list of losses. 
They're there. When we have losses, that's not us denying God's provision, protection, goodness. Life has lots of loss. So as you think about losses in 2021, what are some of the categories that are in your story? Yeah, Greg lost his mom. I've lost a couple friendships this year that have yet to be mended. I don't know if they will. I've lost them. Anybody else? You've lost some hope? Anybody lose any money this year? How about health? What's that, Tony? Family members from COVID? Yeah. Yeah, there's been relationship loss. There's been some from lost relation, right? Like lost intimacy, right? Oh, there's things. There, there has been loss. I mean, the loss that happened in Oxford, that's a collective community loss that we have experienced. And I want to invite you to reflect on that. Because I believe that God wants to speak into our losses. Wants to meet us in them. Wants to give his perspective. Wants to, get, wants to pour out his comfort. Because there are absolutely our gains and losses. I kind of made a little list of those gains and, and losses of some things. I know some people have lost homes and lost strength and lost education to COVID, right? Some have lost children and money and jobs and hope, intimacy, lost lives. Some have lost opportunities, friendships. What does God want to say into this? I want to invite you to take those gains and those losses individually. And as you have time, and again, even if it's five minutes, this isn't like you've got to take a day, but to take one of them that's really catching you right now. Which one takes your breath away a bit more than the others? And I want to invite you to hold it up before God and allow God to speak. See, the promise of this new covenant is that God is within you, writing on your heart and your mind. Allow God to speak whispers or to shout over your losses just as much as over your gains. Let God speak into it. There'll be nothing more important than what God says. God is the true comforter when it comes to this. Now, when we've done that, when we step into that, we allow God to be our comforter, for God to be our, our Father who speaks into the highs and the lows of our lives, then we have something. 
we have something to share. Second Corinthians talks about that God is this comforter from above. And that in, so let me read this. This is powerful stuff, and then we're going to step into the lobby for those of you who want to stick around for a few minutes. In 2 Corinthians just chapter 1, here's what it talks about this comfort, this God who speaks in to losses. That's what it says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Do you get that? This is the, not about you giving something that you have not received. This is not about you comforting from your depletion. This is about the God of all comfort who wants to meet you in all troubles, highs and lows, to pour his comfort upon you, so then that we as well can comfort others with the comfort that we have received from God. Verse 5. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, you know, make a note of that one, we share abundantly in the losses of Christ. Right? We felt that loss in Oxford. We felt that loss in the loss of life. Right? We're sharing, we share in the sufferings of Christ, in the sorrows of Christ. But not only that, so also our comfort abounds in Christ Jesus. So do you see this? There is no ignoring losses. Christianity is not about, oh, let's accentuate the positive. <laughs> Saying, no, enter into the suffering, but the comfort abounds. The comfort abounds in Christ. And so, I want to invite you. I, here's my invitation. Here's my challenge. Here's my hypothesis. Because I want us to become. I want us to be able to comfort others. We have some note cards out there on the table, and it's like, oh, who is the Lord put in our lives that we know is in need of comfort? Comfort from above. Who do we know that is spinning from their losses right now? Whom has God put in our world that we know is aching? And what might it be for us to pause and receive the comfort of God to be able to share it with them? That's putting our worship in action. The God of all comfort who meets us and comforts us, who abounds. And so if you've got a few moments... Yeah, if you've got, you got a few moments and we got stickers out there, maybe ask God, God, who? Who? Who is in need of comfort that you see? Who is in my world, Lord? Who is in my sphere 
But I think there's also this chance for us to first receive comfort from God. For God to speak into your losses first. Right? See what the Lord's to say to you. And then from that comfort, being able to breathe that upon someone else. So I invite you into that. If you want to stick around and talk at those tables, you want to discern a bit, if you want to sit in here, but I invite you to take a few moments in this next week. Maybe take one of the cards with you and the stickers with you. Make a note to send the card or to see someone that we might receive from God comfort. And we might be able to give it away as well. So let me pray. Oh God, that you love us and that you step into our losses. We can't answer the reason why for our losses. We, uh, we can't reverse engineer them to, right, to get back to the sort of the beginning that makes everything reasonable and understandable. But there has been. There has been highs and lows. But that you are the God of comfort. And you're the God who abounds in comfort. And you're the God who enters into our troubles. And you're the God who pours your comfort into us. And you're the God who abides in us so intimately. We, don't, we cannot fathom the oneness that we have with you. Our relationships with our kids or spouses or friends is only a fraction of the beautiful intimacy that you invite us to have with you where you would teach us and speak to us and breathe upon us and strengthen us and pour your love upon us, maybe not even with words, but with feelings and warmth and goodness and care. You're the God who created hands and feet. You know how to embrace us. So God of all comfort, come near. And as we step into our stories this year, the highs and the lows, speak, Lord. And Lord, as you do, may we also be able to share that comfort with others. And we not have to feel that temptation to give what we have not received. But we wait for the God of all comfort to comfort us so that we can be a comfort to one another. Thank you, God. May we go and do and receive and say yes to all that you are offering and sending us into today. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for being with us. Feel free, if you got a minute and you want to even just process some of your highs and your lows of the year just to make a list, feel free to grab a table there. We have some cards on the table and some stickers if you want to grab one or chat with a few people. I think there's about 30 of us, but also feel no pressure. If you want to go, go. But there's room to stick around for a few minutes. If you want to stay for 10, 15 minutes, that's what you get. We'll give you 15 minutes and then you're out of here. But if you want to stick around for a few minutes... Just meet people and connect in that way and maybe put your worship into some action with a card for somebody, even just writing their name on it to be a reminder. Let's, let's step into that. I'm going to stay here for that.
amount of time. Uh, but thank you for being with us. God bless you guys as you step into the new year. May we take those opportunities to reflect before the year changes. And we hope to see you next Sunday, January the 2nd, as we begin to process curiosity. I think it's one of the greatest gifts that God has given us. And hopefully it's something we can step into in this next year. God bless you. Merry Christmas.